Hello and good morning, and welcome to episode four, COVID WTF. It's with Mike and Jeremy. Enjoy the show. It's been a spent a week up in Glenwood uh, on the I seventy disaster. That's uh, wow. I mean, that's just the pictures you see on the news don't do it justice, but the pictures I've got, I cannot release to the public without going through the PIO and you know, all that. Um, but good news, anybody traveling I 70 through Colorado, they opened one lane in each direction Saturday. Oh, nice. Yeah. The, the, the guys that are full-time crew up there, I was just sent up as a temp supervisor to help them out. The guys, the maintenance crews up there have been working in, in, rotating 12 hour shifts nonstop. So somebody's always on the road working to get it picked up and cleaned up. Yeah. And then as soon as I got back from that, I got sent to, we had a wildfire here, not very big, 30 acres up in the forest. Um, and they did not have a med team available to sit in fire camp. So the county emergency manager called us at search and rescue and said, Hey, we need your backcountry guys to go up and sit for two days. So I was one of the lucky ones that got to go up and sit in fire camp for two full 16, 18 hour days and eat really good takeout from the local. <laughs> barbecue yeah, that can get boring real quick. Oh no, it was, it was great. It was barbecued you know, pulled pork one day, it was hamburgers the next, breakfast burritos the size of a newborn baby, you know. Yeah, there's a place in a little mountain town here. Uh, the town's called Dolores. There's a coffee shop that made 75 breakfast burritos. Oh, wow. For the fire crews. Yeah, and I'm not kidding. Each burrito was a pound, pound and a half minimum. Uh, that sounds like they. Uh, there's a play, couple of places down here. Uh, one's called Ochoa's, and yes, these these things are... These are not one meal burritos. These are two and three meal burritos. They're probably about a foot long and they weigh just about a pound. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the, and see, I spent five years in fire camps through the summer. Um, and they have a minimum requirement for the firefighters to consume at every meal. And it's minimum 2,500 to 3000 calories per meal. Oh, wow. Now for a firefighter, they'll eat that and not gain an ounce for a guy that's just sitting there like me yeah i can gain some weight real easy yeah and no and lack of wanting to exercise too yeah <laughs> yeah that doesn't surprise me uh, i i'm in the same boat i i like to eat but you know i also have to realize i'm almost 50 and i can't really do that much that many more yeah, and you know everybody told me your metabolism will catch up with you one day and i called uh, bs until i hit 40 and then <laughs> there it went <laughs> That sounds about right. So, well, at least you got out of there safe and no, nobody was, you know, any firefighter injuries or anything? You know, no, we didn't have, thank God, we didn't have one firefighter injury. A um, little bit of heat exposure to some of the guys, but, you know, they come in R&R in the shade and, and pound some electrolytes. They're golden and go back out. These these are the hot shot teams, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, we were coming back uh, I-5, and I think, can't remember if they were going the other direction. No, they were going with us. They were heading north, and I saw a couple of the uh, U.S. forestry 
hot shots, hot shot vehicles heading to wherever. Here we were coming back and the Dixie fire down here ballooned up to I have no how don't know how many acres. I believe it's over three hundred thousand now, Mike, isn't it? Uh, I'm checking right now. Give me a second. Okay. Yeah, so I, I know was, there when it first when it first hit, they said it was double. Uh five days ago it was five hundred thousand. Yeah. So wow. But yeah, yeah I actually, mean that's just nuts. We were catching all the smoke here from that. Yeah. You know, luckily, luckily can't uh we were camping, it was all sorry, blowing towards you. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. not I like the smell. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I like the smell. I just hate the I hate the, the what's behind it. I like the smell as well. And it was just like, ah. Yeah. But. Well, while while we've got a second, I want to give a big shout out if there's anybody um from the Rio Hot Shots or the San Juan Mountain Hot Shots. Those guys came in and absolutely destroyed a 30-acre fire and it was amazing. Oh yeah, we've had our our guys have been, I don't need my headphones that I can hear you. Uh yeah, we've got <laughs> We had one fire. It was all dry brush, and it was like fifty acres in less than an hour that burned. And they got it out quick. And there's another one up in Hidden Valley that got up to like 130 acres real quick. Because that up in Hidden Valley, it's a it's kind of a subdivision of Lake County, about an mm -hmm. hour from where I am. And it is when I was a kid, my parents had a cabin up there, and it was nothing but dry literally dry ground so dry brush and everything else and it was just nuts now it's now it's all filled with houses <laughs> yeah so, which is an even bigger problem yeah um i got a couple of co-workers that are up there and i i texted one of them and uh he said he was fine i'm like all right i mean as long as you're not at you you're not evacuating so that's that's a good thing but still it's just too close for comfort for this and i just wish it would just stop for like a year <laughs> Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, where this one was burning, it was the Willow Fire. I think it was finally contained at 35, 38 acres. Um, it had actually started the week before by a lightning strike. Oh, yeah. That was... Couldn't yeah, be found. Sound. Yeah, and then it kind of took off, so they evacuated. This is a very... Well, it's completely... It's just National Forest, so they evacuated the few campers that were there and started cutting dozer lines around it and brought in a, uh, it's a single engine air tanker in the fire service. We call it a seat S E A T, um, brought in a seat, brought in a hell attack crew and just basically did mitigation on it until yeah. they, they just basically cut dozer lines and slurry lines around it and let it burn itself out. That's yeah. Sometimes you just have to let it, that's what you got to let it do. Well, and this is one of their prescribed burn areas they were looking at in the next couple of years for their undergrowth burn. So it, it actually worked out really well. It gave them a test run. Yeah. Unintentionally. I was, I was talking to my coworker and he goes like the native Americans used to do prescribed burns all the time. And I don't know why or what possessed the United States to not to stop doing it because I think if they would, we wouldn't be having the problems. Well, yeah, that's just it. We wouldn't be having the wildfires. Um, they're slowly cutting back on our on our uh, forest grazing, so that that doesn't help because the the summertime graze permits for the cattle actually the cattle actually eat quite a bit of that undergrowth and not damage it. Sorry, I had to let uh, one of the cats in. 
that's uh, all right. Yeah, I don't. That's what I don't get. I don't know why they don't want to. Then again, Congress couldn't get out of their own way if the paper bag was, you know, open both ends. Um. Anyway, sorry. No, <laughs> preaching the choir, brother. <laughs> so, uh, all righty. Well, now we get to get into the fun, nitty gritty stuff. Well, so I'm gonna hold that the major one, uh, kind of as a you know, a tribute to uh, dads and fathers towards the end of the show. So, okay. So you don't, your, your kids are, uh, you don't have any kids younger than 10, if I remember correctly, or do you have one? Is my youngest. Okay. So they're still going back to public school, which I'm pretty sure you really don't want them to, but. Actually my daughter, my, the only one living here now is homeschooled has been for well last year. And she's going to be again this year, online learning. Okay. So you're keeping her out of schools? Yeah, actually by her choice. Okay. Um, she's playing sports, but by her choice, it's easier for her to learn via online. Got it. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. My, my, like I said, my kids went back. I'm, I'm a little hesitant on sending them back, but you know, I would love to be able to homeschool them. But you know, I work. My wife's a teacher, so she's. <laughs> she's working and can't do it. So, and it's like, I, I would love to be able to keep them out and just to, you know, to be unfortunately morbid, keeping them alive. But uh, it just, it's irritating that they couldn't, they got all the way to 12, which my daughter got her vaccination, but they can't get younger than 12 figured out. But I, I can, I kind of understand that too, because they don't know what the dose would be on uh on, for a, somebody younger than 12, like, yeah, I don't think it's that much different, but I understand their caution. Yeah. So, and it was, uh, so both, you know, my daughter went back, she started high school last Thursday. I think last Thursday, I think it was, yeah, I think it was Thursday. Uh, and then my boys started elementary school the same day. And then I found out Friday that one of my middle son's friends goes to a different school they had a case of COVID and I'm like, Oh crap. So I know, I know her, I know her and her parents. So it's like, yeah, they must be going nuts. Um, oh, and yeah. then I think my wife read an article that some stupid woman parent knowingly sent her kid to school in Nevada that had COVID. Yeah. And I'm I looked at my wife. I'm like, to me, that's borderline attempted murder and at a minimum child endangerment. <laughs> well, an assault. I mean, yeah, we have a lady here in a town near me that when this first took off, um, you remember the chicken pox parties when you were a kid? Yeah, I had, I had chicken pox as a kid. So <laughs> yeah, so did I, well, this woman made it very clear on social media and in public that she was going to do her best to spread if she caught it because herd immunity um, oh, for God's sakes. And unfortunately a family member of hers owns a restaurant and her family member agreed with it and their business tanked and I, they're karma? in the process of selling it. Yeah. Big surprise, right? <laughs> karma bit you hard. Yeah. That's when your karma runs over your dogma, Mike. Uh, yeah. No kidding. Good God. I, I just don't, I, I just don't understand how people can be careless. Is that the right word for it? 
just and irresponsible. It's like, oh my God, people are dying of this. And it's just, and kids and kids are our future. And I don't want to see any of my, any kids I know pass away. I mean, that's just wrong. So. Well, and you should never outlive your kids. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. So that's what I don't want to do. It's just like, I, yeah, I'm going to live the, I'm going to live to torture them. <laughs> yeah. Right. And mine Long keeps time. acting the way she does and I'll outlive her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah so you know, i'll give you my take and then i'll let, uh say so i was initially hesitant to get the vaccine i even told my wife this the other day i think it came out way too quick and they didn't have enough history to figure out what it was going to do yeah and uh I honestly, you know what my goal was? I hated wearing the damn mask so much that I literally wanted to get the vaccine just so I could get the mask off. <laughs> yeah, and how's that working now? <laughs> uh, it fucking sucks, but you know, hey. Uh, well, <laughs> it's still, and the nice thing that the, I don't know what the, the status up in Colorado is, but down here, they want you to mask indoors, but not outdoors. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And at least for me, working outdoors, I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. So, well, Colorado, our governor is similar to yours, um, but now it's mask indoors, mask outdoors. If you're within 10 feet of people, I've no shit, Mike. I seen people wearing a mask, a single person wearing a mask while riding a bike down the highway last week. Oh, yeah. By themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, here it's it's. And being a government employee, they want us to wear a mask in our office. I had a regional safety officer come into my office and demand that I put a mask on. And I told him he can step out of my office because it's my office. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm still unsure of the vaccination simply for the fact that, well, like you said, they didn't have a chance to test it real well. Um, <clears throat> and seeing the after effects of the vaccination. And now, you know, a year ago it was mask up. Yeah. Get the vaccination. You don't have to mask up. Now it's mask up, get the vaccination. Don't get the vaccination. Get the second vaccination. No matter what, you still have to mask up. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to hold off as long as possible. I have friends that have gotten the vaccination, the two dose, no problem. Uh, his wife took the first dose and was sicker than a dog for two weeks and hasn't been right since. And that's been three months ago. Wow. You know, and then there's the single dose and they're starting to find more and more heart issues. I mean, get the vaccination. You don't have to wear a mask. Now, it's everybody vaccinated or not. So I have worn a mask reluctantly when required. Um, my job is 70% office, 70% outside time. I'm comfortable with the guys I work with. We're friends, we're brothers, we're, we're, we all know where each other hangs out. And I've, the guys I work with and my employees have enough common sense to know if they think they've been exposed, say something. Don't even come in. Yeah, stay the hell home. 
I had a guy do that. I was up in Glenwood. He came down sick because he was exposed by his son. So he was home for five days. He called me and told me, okay, cool. Great. I'll pass the word along. His son tested negative. He then tested negative. We're golden. Yeah. The, the, well, that's just it. And it's, you know, I was, I remember I was talking to my sister the other day and I, you know, she won't, she will neither confirm nor deny whether she's been vaccinated or not. And I'm like, that's her choice. Mm-hmm. You know, she is my sister, but, and that, that's my view is it is a personal choice, but I also look at it is it's a personal choice and I don't need to be around you to worry about it. On the flip side, my sister is, you know, she's my older sister. She's not, she's healthier than most people her age. Yeah. You know, so if she's sick, she's, she, she owns a business and she runs a business. So she, if she's sick, she stays home. Yeah. I mean, she can and run her business from home. Um, and she, same thing. She told her, her employees, like, if you're sick, don't come in. I mean, you know, that's, that's why the one of the things we're going to talk about later, what I'll bring up is like, we have some management that believes that, you're, you shouldn't use your sick time. I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. If I'm sick, whether it being taking care of myself or a family member, I'm going to use my sick pay and you can go pound mm-hmm. sand. Um, and that, that's how I look at it. But, you know, I knowing my sister is still healthy. I let my kids be around her because, yeah. you know, she, she hates people just like I do. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, but that that's just it. She she I trust her that she's going to remain healthy and if she's sick, she flee, she actually went through some recent uh not major health issues but you know personal health issues and she basically said stay away. Perfect. I I can understand. <laughs> so, I I you know, my only personal thing is I'm not that you know, I like believe vaccines work. You know, I had my own motivation. Uh my wife got the one dose. I got one version of the two dose and I think my daughter got the other version of the two dose. So we've got a, you know, a plethora of doses. Um, and, uh, I haven't seen any ill effects. I know my first dose was like a pinprick in the, in the shoulder. You have a nice day back to work. Second day tore me the fuck up. Yeah. I literally was gone for three days. You're yay. Jeremy, you're muted. Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) You were saying so nobody in my house has been vaccinated yet. I'm, you know, I had some strong considerations until about two weeks ago of getting the vaccination. I was going to go ahead and do it just for free travel. Yeah, that's, but in, in light of recent, you know, events where now vaccinated unvaccinated you have to wear a mask and a scuba suit and rubber gloves and booties and you know bubble wrap. i'm yeah i'm not so i'm not so anxious to get it now until i see what's going to transpire in the next three months right you know i don't want to say that it's politically motivated i'm not a political type of guy i'm not a I'm not a theory chaser. I'm, you know, I want to, I, I like to see what actually happens with it. 
I'm the same way. And plus we're going into winter. And the unfortunate thing is the flu has, it almost is a doppelganger to what we got going on. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the same symptoms and I haven't gotten a flu shot in, oh good God, six years. Yeah. That, it, every t- every single goddamn time I get it, I'm sick. I, I literally get sick from it. It drives me up a wall because I don't really consider myself an unhealthy individual but the every time I've gotten that flu shot, I'm out for at least two or three days. Yeah. And it's it's just nuts. Do you do you remember when the swine flu and the bird flu were the big yeah. the big thing? So I was with I was a uh with a fire department at the time, and you know, we get our HEP tests and everything we need to because of what we're exposed to as as medics and you know, volunteer firefighters. And when uh, not SARS, but uh, bird flu, swine flu, all that came out, they got us flu shots. So I went to the hospital with like four other firefighters, you know, guys on my crew. And I got a nasal injection up each nostril for different strains and then one in each arm. I didn't get sick. What I have found out is if you get the flu, after getting the flu vaccine, 99% of the time, it's because you were exposed prior to getting the flu vaccine. Yes. A lot of people say, oh, got the flu shot, got sick. Now, I don't recall getting a flu shot last year. I did the year before. I kind of go like every other year or every two years. You know, I guess I like to gamble. So <laughs> since I don't make enough money to gamble in Vegas, I gamble with my health. Um, <laughs> win-win. Hey, uh, but no, I mean that was the big panic then. And it was funny because everybody ran out on the fire department and got these vaccines, but we didn't have any swine flu or bird flu in our rural part of Colorado. Wow. But we had a lot of travelers through, so we got it just to be safe. I'm going to wait on the vaccine now. Um, I'd almost made up my mind until, like I said, two or three weeks ago. Now I'm not so sure and and the state of Colorado says get tested as an employee, get tested twice a week or get vaccinated. That goes into effect September 20th. Yeah, we've got they just mandated my company just mandated everybody get it. Or I don't know what the repercussions are if you don't, because we do have a few anti-vaxxers. I'm like, well, well, and I had an interesting conversation with our safety officer the day he came in and told me to put my mask on when he walked into my office. Um, he said, well, you'll have to get tested or you'll have to, you'll have to, uh, show your, show your vaccination card. And I looked right at him and, and said the same thing I've told other people. I'm not going to be in the group of paper or in the group of people that in order to travel have to be told, show me your papers. (laughs) There was a group of people that that happened to, and it didn't work out so well for him. Yeah. You know, so I'm. I'm going to hold off. I was almost, I almost went and got it. I was ready. Yeah. I I made the the decision that, yeah, I think maybe I should keep my job, keep my health, keep my family safe. But then two weeks ago, it kind of shit hit the fan and it's like, well, (laughs) do I, do I need to go get my jabs now? Yeah, probably not until I see what's going to happen. Yeah. No, and I agree. And I, like I said, I don't want to push, you know, I'm not, like I said, I hate politics, but part of it is I think this is a little politically motivated to, you know, exert control. 
which we live in America. I can control my own destiny. So that's kind of how I look at it. But they're they're using this thing as a political bludgeon and it just is annoying. It's like, can you yeah. stop and just give us the information? So well, no, they can't because they control by fear. And I hey, I will not discuss religion or politics with family or friends. <laughs> Smart choice. Yeah. It well, and those that do are no longer family or friends. So <laughs> well, I hope we can have that open forum here because I don't usually do it either. But you know, we seem reasonable enough we can have the conversation without killing each other. <laughs> well, and and the fact that you're not forcing it down my throat like some family members have done when it comes to religion. Yeah. Let's have an open dialogue. Exactly. I agree. I don't agree. We're good. Yeah. So I, I just I don't know, but you know, it just uh, my concern for me personally. Yes, I got it. Could I have gone without it? Of course, but I got it. You know, my my coworker got it, and we just got told the other day that our company now mandates us get the vaccine, and but didn't really go into elaborate. And now we have to mask inside our office, which is on six wheels. I'm going. We have been sharing the same truck for almost three years. If I get sick, he gets sick. If we're healthy, it's grandiose and we're both healthy. And if yeah. we're sick, we stay home. But, you know, they want us to mask inside. I'm like, oh, my God, we just got done with this. <laughs> well, and they just, they told us the same thing. I mean, they it, it seems to me like they've got a playbook they're running by. Um, I've got, you know, I had an employee retire that came from a tribal nation where it exploded. Oh, wow. And he was diligent about wearing the mask. He was 72 years old. He went and got his jabs and he's still doing fine. Yeah. I mean, he wore his mask around us. He made it very clear that he would wear his to protect himself. And if we didn't want to wear one, fine. I mean, sometimes we're alone in our vehicles. Sometimes there's five guys in a pickup. Yeah. And, you know, they say, hey, we need you to, you know, sterilize the vehicles and equipment between each person. Well, when you're out on a job site and you're running a loader or a skid steer or a blade, yeah, and one guy jumps out, can you really carry enough sanitizer to sanitize the entire grader? No. Everything that he touched? Yeah, because you don't know what everything if he did touch or didn't. Exactly. So we try and leave one guy in a piece of equipment for the entire job for the day. And, you know, I've got managers that refuse to call in sick. So we call in well. And an entire crew will not come in because one manager refuses to stay home when he's sick. That's... The guys I work with are great. We're not feeling good. Hey, shoot me a text at 435 o'clock in the morning when you realize it. And I'll put you down on the books for not being there that day. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's an inconsideration of if you're sick, stay home. And when your manager doesn't want to, you know, on the flip side, I've had a manager that basically said, you know, you can't use your sick pay or, or rather, excuse me, not that you can't use your sick pay. It's more along the lines of you need to plan your sick. I'm going, how do you plan to be sick? <laughs> Well, see, now around hunting season, that happens a lot here. Um, uh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but, well, you know, we're all, we can take care of ourselves. And I don't think a lot of people realize that we're being forced to 
be taken care of or be told what is best for us. Last time I checked, I'm a grown ass man. I know how to take care of myself. Thank God for my wife. Yeah. Um, Cause she does take care of me quite a bit. Cause I can be fairly careless. <laughs> yeah. I got a lucky wife like that too. She kind of, she called but, it as a be right before I cut my finger. She got like, you're going to cut your finger. Shit. <laughs> yeah. You're talking to somebody that has amputated his thumb, cut the tip off of a middle finger all while trying to be quote unquote helpful. Yeah. So <laughs> my son, my son, God love him. He goes, at least you taught me a good lesson, dad. Don't drink and mess with a hatchet. Alrighty then. Yeah. I was sober both times I've amputated digits. So yeah, I was, I was relatively sober, but it was just like, I stupidly was holding the piece of wood. And I think I looked up and went, ow, that hurt direct pressure. And, you know, took care of it. Yeah. All righty. Well, uh, so now that we're kind of on this, um, as I mentioned to you before, um, we lost my department manager to this wonderful crap we're living in. Uh, I'm not going to mention names just out of respect to his family. I'll just leave it as department manager. Um, and you know, this is kind of a dad thing. And this manager was not the type of person that I would throw beers back with at the end of the day, you know, one, cause I have an aversion to work, you know, throwing beers back with my coworkers. Cause you talk about nothing but work, yep. but he, he did a lot for the company. He, we, when we brought him in, we were in the transition process of working into a yard that couldn't, could barely handle 20 vehicles. Now it handles, you know, 30 plus. So depending. So he did, he did do a lot for the company. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of his policies on some stuff. And like I said before, was like, you know, kind of the attitude is like, you need to plan your sick time. We're going, yeah, I can't plan my sick. I either I'm sick and I got to call in or whatever, but yeah, I can't do that. Plus, you know, I've got an elderly mother that if I need to take time off, I need to take the time off to take care of her. And yeah. he was just kind of like, yeah, okay. Some of the other things like attendance policies, that kind of stuff was just rather irritating to kind of, it kind of felt like you couldn't take time off because you would have gotten written up or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's just wrong. So yeah. I, you, you can't do that. Um, I have no proof, but it was rumored that he was an anti-vaxxer and you know, that's fine. Each of their own, each is their own opinion. Uh, he was also overweight, which was, I think was a contributing factor to him losing his, you know, his life in an unfortunate way. The ultimate sad part is not that he passed away, but he left six kids behind and a wife. Yeah. And that sucks. You know, I, I never met his family, so I only met him again. I don't hang out with coworkers except for with the exception of one I've known for like 15 years. So, and it's just unfortunate. And that's what this thing can do for those who, you know, potential for those who are not vaccinated or are, you know, anti-vaccine, this is possibly a result. Yeah. So he was also that. younger than I was, which was, I think, scary. Well, and I, I'm seeing a lot of these COVID deaths have other health conditions, other health issues 
obesity, overweight, smoking, uh, uh, you know, I'm not seeing the 35 or I'm not seeing as often the 30, 35 year old vaccinated or unvaccinated person up and die. I mean, you hear the stories on the news, but you can't, unless it's made public record, you can't take it for a hundred percent truth. No. And on that note, I remember my RHR guy came down when they're, they're talking about taking our hazard pay away. I'm like, yeah, a lot of good that's going to do you. You're going to have to, you can't take it away now because it's still out there, but he was, he basically, or rather the question was posed to him. What, either what percentage or how many people have tested positive? He goes, I can't tell you that. I'm like, we're not asking who we're asking a percentage or an amount of people. I mean, on the flip side, when this thing first rolled out, I was so fucking pissed is somebody had got infected in our yard, not part of my, I'm I'm, I'm a fiber splicer. So they're kind of two different distinct, you know, uh, things under construction. Well, somebody got tested positive for COVID and nobody told anybody else. I'm going, you think you might have said something to the group that, hey, we had a positive test? I'm, again, not asking who. I Just having the information of somebody who tested positive. But they didn't think, they thought it was a HIPAA violation. I'm like, how is it a HIPAA violation if you're just saying somebody got infected? Yes, curiosity killed the cat. People are going to ask who. It will come out. It's yeah. inevitable. I'm not asking you to you know be upfront with the information, but be honest with us and tell us that somebody got infected. I don't want to find out through the grapevine. I'd rather find out through management or HR in an email going, we have an infection. Okay. You know, let reasonable adults figure it out. Yeah. But they didn't even tell us that. I'm just looking at them like why they couldn't tell us like a percentage of what it, yet they give us a percentage of who's got back who's got vaccinations going. What? <laughs> yeah. And see, I've had this argument for two years now going on two years with our County health nurse. Yes. We have a positive case in, in the County. Now keep in, in mind, my County stretches over three communities, small mountain communities, rural. Um, and the neighboring County Montezuma County is even bigger and has larger cities they're taking notes from each other as to, you know, I had the argument in public on Facebook for everybody to see. We're not asking who it is. We're asking where it is. Is it in this, in this town or this town? That way we know to avoid it. And I was told it was a violation of HIPAA. You're talking to somebody that has studied HIPAA extensively in their medical career. I'm not asking their name. I'm not asking their address or even what building they were in. Tell me what community they were in. If they were in this community, I'm not going up there. That's fine. Yeah. Don't keep it a secret as to where it's at. The last year, they've been a little more forthcoming in our county. But if, if say you're in a small town, you've got two small towns that neighbor each other fairly closely. And, and one is the County seat. So this other community comes to your County seat for jury duty, shopping, whatever. Right. If you have to go to that community to do your shopping, 
and they've been in, say, a major retailer and they had an outbreak there, you're going to avoid that major retailer for a week or two, right? I would think common sense, but then again, it's not common. Um. Exactly. So the problem we have is, hey, we've got an infected case in our county. Great. Tell me which part of the county so I know to avoid it. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you that. That violates HIPAA. No, it doesn't. And thanks for being helpful, County Health Nurse. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, I mean, I look at it. I haven't studied as much as you, but I'm looking at this going, wait a minute. So you won't tell us what percentage of people got are infected or you won't tell, tell us that there was an infection, but yet you want us to provide the fact that we got a vaccination. I'm like, wait a minute. That's a medical issue. And you don't think, and it's not, you're considering this not a HIPAA violation. I'm going. Yeah, they got their, they got their, you know, ball reversed here. Um, my, and, and here's the other kicker that really bugs me. I went and got my daughter tested uh, a couple of months ago because she was feeling ill and sat in the car. They came out of the building and swabbed her nose. The gentleman that came out and performed the test looked us dead in the face and said, just so you know, this test is only 60% effective. Or, or correct. And I said, okay, great. He yeah. says, if it's a positive, it's a positive. If it's a negative, we consider it a positive. What? So by that premise, um, that the math doesn't add up for me. Yeah. You know, a, a line from a stupid movie came to mind instantly then where he says uh, it was the, uh, the Anchorman film. He says, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. But a positive is a positive and a negative is a positive. Yeah. If I go and try and jumpstart my car under that premise, I'm going to burn stuff to the ground. <laughs> That's kind of a double negative, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's the world we live in. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, it's, it's, Crazy? You know what? When it comes to the vaccination and the testing, my firm belief is be an adult, act like an adult. If you want it, get it. I'm not going to think any less of you. If you don't want it, don't get it. That's fine. You're an adult. You're a grown ass man. Take care of yourself. Well, yeah, that's like my concern is the family. And, you know, my wife and I talk about she had to get her vaccination because she's a teacher. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't necessarily have to get it, but I did. I, you know, I, as much as I say, I don't want to wear the mask. If I had to wear the mask, I don't wear one of the surgical ones. I wear one of the neck gaiters, which, you know, some people give me dirty looks for. I'm like, that's not protecting much. I could spit at you. Come here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I'll, I'll wear a mask. I wear a mask going shopping with my wife. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I, I'll, I'll wear it, you know, one to protect myself, protect where I'm going, you know, uh, that's, that's the general idea. And then we just, like I said, we, my, all my instructors in karate are vaccinated, but yet, you know, we're inside with kids and the kids are masked, we're masked. I mean, I, I could wring my, you know, mask out when I get done it with karate, but, um, you know, I do what has to be done. I, I, I've got, you know, like I said, I look at it, it was like, I've been doubly vaccinated. I got the vaccine. I got a mask. I'll call it what it is. Yeah. So. Well, but. and if, if I was a teacher, if I was exposed to children, 
exposed to children, not exposing myself to children. Um, <laughs> good distinction. Yeah, very good. Um, I would, I would go out and get vaccinated. One kids are little walking disease factories. Mm-hmm. Two, I have a strong urge and background to protect other people and Same to take care of other people. So if I'm, if I worked with kids, if I was a teacher, yeah, I would have gone out and got it. Now, when they came back later and said, Hey, even though you're vaccinated, you got to wear a mask. I'd, I'd be pissed. Yeah. But, you know, in my line of work where I interact very little with the general public, I'm, I'm going to wait and see. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't in, interact with the general public unless somebody comes up and asks me questions. I'm going, Usually I'm, they're talking to me six feet away. I'll, you know, if I need to be more clear, I'll pull my mask down and back away a little bit more and kind of raise my voice so they understand uh, yeah. and can hear it. But like with me, I'm working with kids. I, I have to kind of, with karate and everything, I'm going to do everything I can to protect them. And, you know, I may not wear it up in like through the building to I, until I get to the dojo because I want to breathe. But once I'm yeah. in there, it goes on. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've, I've, I've discovered, you know, especially traveling out of town last week, um, that not wearing a mask on the interstate, I was standing on the interstate and would have a motorist pull up to me. If that motorist was concerned, they would have their mask on when they pulled up to me. Mm-hmm. And I would give them six feet minimum of distance to speak to them. And they would tell me to come closer, you know, whatever. I don't shake hands with people. Mm-mm just because people are disease factories and, and, you know, at the very least you want human contact. Here's a fist bump, dude, have fun. Yeah. Fist bump, elbow, uh, elbow bump. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird because an elbow bump requires you to get closer than a fist bump. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, you I, know, you're yeah, not allowed our, to kiss our, on the cheek, but here's a hug. Um, yeah, our <laughs> people don't get it. That's why I, I flat out, like since the kids started school on last week, I look at them like you get home your butt is in the bathroom washing your hands and or face, depending, but washing your hands. I don't care if you use hand sanitizer, soap and water, get in there and wash your hands. Yeah. You no, know, it's that, it's that simple. And that's what drives me nuts is if people would just, I, I think there's something wrong with the 22nd rule because I, yeah, I don't see how somebody can spend 20 seconds singing happy birthday as they're washed their hands. Yeah. But I, I, the 22nd rule kind of, throws me off a little because i don't see how but i can wash my hands in about 10 but you know hey yeah i mean what's another 10 seconds when it comes to antibacterial soap i mean uh, yeah well i wear i, I wear contacts i wear contacts so i don't i the problem if i use regular like hand soap is there's a uh, residue that is on there and like yeah just like putting burning hot coals in your eyeball it's real fun um <laughs> I discovered that no matter how long after you use hand sanitizer, you want to wash your hands with just water before you touch your contacts. Generally, yes. Because right. my eyes were on fire at work that day. Yeah, visine doesn't help. Um, it actually will melt the contacts. Um, yep. <laughs> but no, either way. So I, like I said, I wash my hands when I put them in. I use hand sanitizer or soap and water during the day, and I wash my hands when I take them out. You know, yep. unless I'm completely tired, I'm like, okay, I've been home. I've washed my hands at least once. Pop, I'm done going to bed. Um, 
Well, man, I've used so much hand sanitizer in the last year. When I go to the restroom, I can clean the toilet. So <laughs> talented. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we have hand sanitizer dispensers at work. I carry one in my car. It's on my med bag. Um, oh, that's an idea. That's if I could put those on mine. Yeah. They got the little rubber, the, you know, the little single use hand sanitizers and they have a little rubber holder. It goes in and it's got a carabiner on it. Yeah. Mine's got Grogu on it with a carabiner. There you go. So, you know, I, I, I frequently use hand sanitizer. I'm not overly concerned. No, it's, it's good. Hand sanitizer is a great cleaner, especially when you got an open cut. Mm. Jab yourself with a, you know, uh, a uh, seam ripper or, you know, a knife wound. And I'm like, well, at least I know it's clean. Ow. <laughs> and see, uh, we built fence last week because we had some flooding down here. So we had to rebuild barbed wire fence. Oh, we can imagine. Barbed wire fence creates quite a gaping open wound. Just, just a little. And it's not clean. So, no. yeah, I put a little bit of hand sanitizer onto that bloody chunk that's missing and stand there and scream and cry and maybe cry down both legs for a minute and get back to work. Yeah, uh, pretty much it. I, they, we've got, I, yeah, I, some things just irritate me. I'm like, they want us to call in every time we you know, get a paper cut. I'm looking, I'm going, I am not going to call on site or our comp, you know, call somebody on site for a paper cut. No. To tell me, don't do that. No yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, can I jump back to your department manager sure. um, <clears throat> real quick? Does, does your company have a, or did your department manager have a life insurance policy that you know of, or uh, is, how's, how's his family going to survive? Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And I can actually uh, uh, provide a link. Um, as far as I know, I know I get a minimal amount of life insurance through, for me, I think the company offers it as, you know, kind of an opt-in um, type of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, but as far as I know, let me see here. They did do a GoFundMe to the company. Well, and, and the only reason I'm asking, Mike, is that brings me to a point of my, my state agency that I work for provides a minimum. I opt in, my wife opts in to hers because she's a state employee. But, you know, when it comes to taking care of yourself, you need to look at not only yourself and your family now, Holy but shit. it might not be a bad idea to have an additional life insurance policy. Well, let me give you let me give you an indication. I just went to the GoFundMe website. So they were wanting to raise eighty five hundred dollars. Okay. Be glad you're sitting down. They are at fourteen thousand five hundred and thirteen dollars for this man. And that is an amazing outpouring of support. Um, that will cover not to sound negative, but that will cover the funeral expenses and general you know, upkeep for a week or two. Yeah, what I'm no, absolutely what I'm thinking of here is for the fathers, take care of yourselves, take care of your families. Look at look at this gentleman. He was 50 years old. Um he probably didn't expect to die next week. Oh no. So look look at a year, look at 
say you die tomorrow. How's your wife and kids going to live a year from now? Well, I was, that's one thing I, uh, you're right. That's one thing I'm going to talk to my wife about. I, I was think, been thinking about it for a while with, you know, you're not entitled to time on here is uh, getting a life insurance policy just to cover for the kids and everything. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy that, that the community has out, has, has put that much of an outpouring of support. Um, but guys, honestly, that's not even a drop in the bucket for a month after the funeral. Oh no, hell no. I know. I know when my dad passed just to get him cremated, I think was 1600. Yeah. I mean, he, go ahead. I said, he believed that, uh, a, um, cemetery was the biggest waste of land. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and I told my wife, I said, listen, if I die, you can either cremate me, put me on a Viking funeral pyre or (laughs) stick me in the pasture and cover me with lime. Awesome. You know, in Colorado, actually our, our County, as long as you have so many acres, you can bury the, an immediate family member, but you have to do it within a certain amount of time, certain depth. And, you can do it as long as you have so many acres of property. Yeah, my uh, father-in-law, uh, his sister's buried on his property. So when I think, I think his mother and father are as well. I don't remember. I told my wife, listen, the neighbor's got a backhoe. Um, call him and tell him to go get fuel in it. Stop, get a bag of lime, dig a hole, push me in, you know. Yeah. Throw a can of Copenhagen and a can of beer in the hole with me and I'll be happy. Yeah, I think... Uh... If you look, I'll have to share this with you, but I think Facebook, if you, if you guys want to donate, I know I'm not asking to, I'm not asking anybody you talk to do. I'm just putting it out there. If somebody wants to, you know, put it out there. I shared it on Facebook. I think I don't remember, Yeah, you did. but yeah, you're not, um, not going to ask him to make a donation, Mike, but I'm uncouth. I'll tell him, listen, this family's going to need help. Yeah. Make a donation. If you can, it doesn't matter how much, um, if you Something. can't afford to make a donation, say a prayer for this family, um, pray to whoever you pray to do what you need to do to help this family. Because you said he had six kids. George Gordon. Uh, Figures stand by a second. Yes, sir. Three. Uh, Anyway. So on that note, I just got a call from my boss and I have to go in. So we may have to cut this a little bit short. So yeah, I agree. Um, this guy, like I said, I, didn't know him that well. He was basically a year, you know, at my job as a manager. I'm like, all right, you know, you know, he's my manager. I got to deal with it. But, you know, unfortunately we lost him and it sucks, but it is what it is. So, you know, I'm going to say it again, Mike, go to the, go to the GoFundMe. If you can afford to make a donation, you'd want, you'd want people to do it for your family. If it happened to you. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to make any bones about it. Go and donate, say a prayer, whatever you need to do for this family, help them get through this. This is going to be the single toughest time in his wife and kids' lives. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just to give you kind of give you an idea on it, one final note is the CEO of the company gave this donation five grand. That's what kind of man the CEO is. Well, and I wish more people were like that. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody's got to make a, a, a donation that'll put them in the poor house. Hell, 10 bucks, will, 10 bucks is 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, 
just just help them out if you can because nobody nobody needs to to deal with this why do i have the feeling these idiots at my job are not gonna it's gonna be perfectly fine on that outage anyway (laughs) (laughs) so i i literally to kind of give you an idea i was the first outage started last week we went out there and they literally tested everything and what our wonderful network engineers don't quite grasp the concept. If you have continuity from the central office to where it needs to go, it ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a card. It's a optic. It's something else. So yeah, I, I just, I, they, and I literally get out to the, this job site and I was talking to one of my friends in the network, network operations center and goes, we're just doing this to kick it back to the, the card manufacturer kind of go look dummy it's not our fiber. If it is great, we'll repair it. But it's like, it's, if it's not our fiber, it's gotta be something like a physical replacement kind of thing. So anyway, the lamp don't work. Find a different damn lamp or a different plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. So I hate to get this short, but I do have to get on this on colleagues. Damn nats are annoying me. Where are my kids? Anyway. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, looks like we got a good one in, not as long as I was hoping to go for, but I do have to go get paid. Yeah, no, overtime is good, dude. Yeah. So, and if I and if it goes long enough, I don't have to go and work tomorrow. There you go. And the nice I thing is, I get to go. Come on. I get to clock in soon. <laughs> you know what? My on call starts when my phone rings. Yeah, that's basically what it is. I because I'm doing this, I didn't want to get paid for doing something on this so yeah don't double dip yeah all right my friend i am gonna call it a day and we will uh hopefully meet up next sunday perfect sounds good god willing and the creeks don't rise Uh, there you go be safe i'll do the same you too be safe we'll talk to you later thanks for listening if you'd like to get in contact with either me or jeremy i can be reached at digitalagedescendents at gmail.com or you can reach me at 707 385-9698. And Jeremy can be reached at 970-394-4224 or emailed at docsarjl, that's d-o-c-s-a-r-j-l at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening. So as we discussed in the show today, this country is facing and has faced in the past years a large mental health problem. As I mentioned in the show, Congress doesn't seem to want to realize that, or they just don't care. But we have a large amount of suicides in this country that we need to take care of. And part of Jeremy's passion, and I am going to follow suit, is we want to bring attention to this issue. And by doing that, we hopefully can help some people. So I'm going to provide the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and that can be reached at 1-800-273-8255. If you're facing a serious mental health break or somebody, member of your family sees that you're facing a mental health break, don't be afraid to ask for help. Reach out to myself, reach out to Jeremy, reach out to some other medical or mental health professional We want you to stay around, especially for your kids.